deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate girl bomb grip to the professional grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girl Bomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at Walgreens. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello, here I am. Welcome to the show. It's the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I'm in St. Louis. Noah's in Arizona. Anya's in New York. Brian is here from uh, Los Angeles, California. Yeah. This is the show. This is it. How is everyone? <laughs> this is this is it. If you're expecting <laughs> this, is it. this is what you get. All right, this is the show. <laughs> I was really trying to sound upbeat, and then like my depression came through. <laughs> the, the truth voice was like, "This is my fucking show." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so happy that this is my show. We keep getting asked to have guests on, and they're like pretty good guess but I'm just like no I don't know I'm sorry to the listener listening I'm sorry to iHeartRadio if you want me to have like better <laughs> guests on uh, not that these you guys are not even guests you guys are part of the show I just know that when I like a podcast I don't like guests unless it's an interview style podcast I don't enjoy guests it messes up the fluidity of the show the vibe the like that's why it was important for me to bring in Brian uh, and and not have he's someone that I get along with. Um, it's not like it was. We get along. Anyone I have on the show, I mean, f- from time to time. <laughs> I mean, in my head, we used to get along. Um, yeah, I just I don't know about. Do you guys? You guys listen to it's podcasts? It's like a with recurring cast. It's like if Parks and Rec had like a, a Joe yes. Biden on it every week, you would be like, what happened to 
Nick Offerman. I'm, uh, <laughs> yes, it's the cast of Friends, and they're having in, um, it's Emily or it's Julie coming into it, and you just go, I don't like this. It's messing up the flow. You're trying to insert someone in that I don't, it's not that guests are not, sometimes they're amazing. I mean, if we have Ian Fidance on or like someone I know, it's a really Julie good, Glazer. my mom, yeah, Julie Glazer, someone everyone knows. It's a it's a fun time, but for me, I know myself, I get thrown when there's someone here who I always think that they don't want to be doing it. And I know that is insane. Mm. I'm just being honest. Ever since I had my serious show and we would have, you know, celebrities would come by serious, the building, and they would be on these press tours. And when a celebrity is doing press, if you ever see them on like Colbert and Kimmel and all these things, those are like the highlights of what they do. They do so many other interviews. There's one part where you just go sit into a room in a big building and you zoom into every like NBC affiliate in the country. So like any like news channel for like you do those interviews and it's exhausting and it's rarely fun. And usually it's, it's the same questions over and over. Yeah. Yeah. It can be uh, those. It's just, I don't like to add on to this for people. And a lot of times we get celebrities asking like, do you want this person? And I know it's not them asking, it's their publicist because I've had publicists before and you get sent a huge email of all the places you could go and you say yes or no to them. And I know it's like, well, you know, whoever that person is, they want to go because they got the email and they said, yes, there is a part of you as a celebrity that if you say no to something and your project doesn't do well, it's your fault for not doing the Nikki Glaser podcast. You couldn't spare an hour that day. And an hour is a lot of someone's life. And I've had guests on, and Noah, you know what I'm talking about. We have had guests on the show that were duds. Yeah. That and and who DM'd me to be on it. Not even their publicist. They asked and they come on and they're bored. They're annoyed. I've been guests on shows where I'm I get there and I'm I'm all I always show up I'm pretty good a pretty good guest to very good. I never am like average. I always try to like bring it, but I will say that I just don't I have a thing where I never want someone to be doing something be cut out of obligation with me. And it's uh something I talk about a lot in therapy. I cried about it the other day. Because of I watched the episode of Succession, Brian. You can sit this one out. I know you're not involved, <laughs> but wait. Spoiler alert! No, spoiler alert! Spoiler, oh yeah! Spoiler, rant, rant, spoiler, rant, rant, spoiler alert! No one died. Wait, I heard it's about. A, is this is it true that it's about a family of That's rich Anya's people? That's Anya's mouth, everyone. That's um, the spoiler yes. alert horn. What That's if I good, could do it with my butthole? Hold on, let me try my butthole. Wait, try it. <laughs> It's no. working. No, that's your. <laughs> no, that was your mouth. Wait, do the real one with your mouth because it's so impressive. People can't believe it. You- oh my god! So not cool. Horn. Yeah, it's really good. That's like okay, every sixty-five-year-old so uh, man from Long Island's <laughs> ringtone. <laughs> that's so true. Why do old people insist? Whenever I lose my phone, people are like. Let me call it. And I'm Anya, I'm not calling you out because you did that this weekend. But people were always like, let me call it. And I go, who the fuck has a sound on their phone? It's not going to do anything. The number of times people have been like, let me call it. I go, what? What world? Who leaves their sound on their phone? And then you? I hate when people I say, know. what about is no, it on no. vibrate? Is it on vibrate? Because that'll that makes noise, too. If you're in a movie theater and you get a call and it's vibrating, that's uh, like almost more disturbing than if it's. I like don't have my phone on vibrate either. Well, I for some I don't reason miss don't call. know how to put it on vibrate. Well, just 
You're turning on Then you should be looking on your phone. Yeah, that's what I do. You should be I looking. turn it on and I turn it off. That's what I don't understand why people don't turn off their ringers when it's time to oh, turn it off. Oh, you turn off your phone completely? No. No, she like when the ringer starts ringing, she'll press like the down you button on the so volume crazy about and then it'll me? mute it. I do all of it, guys. I turn my ringer on. I turn it off. I put it on airplane mode. I fuck with oh my, my phone. Oh, yes, I do it all too. But I never. Live no, I don't. Life. I don't have it. I never have it on. I never have the sound on because I always am scared that I'll be that person in public who has their alerts going, and it's so annoying. Even standing in line at Starbucks, I don't want to hear your fucking phone. But no. you had I've such a big a epiphany this week, where you like helped ten of us. Uh, with this big epiphany you had about not giving a shit what other people think. So maybe that's part of your new task is not caring no, that is, what other that's, people think. No, it's not being, it's not being, well, to back up, I had a voice lesson yesterday and I was super, de- I've been depressed for like a week and a half. Just been, you know, having the the dark thoughts. I have a suicide book I'm reading that gives me comfort. I don't know what it is when I am really depressed. I want to read about suicide. I want to read about people killing themselves. I want to listen to it. I just go to the Wikipedia and read famous suicides. It's a weird thing I do. It gives me comfort. It feels like wrapping up in a warm blanket. Brian, you are nodding your head. Is this relatable? I mean, I can dive into the darkness every now and then. Especially like when you I'm get feeling- dark, you want to read dark stuff? Um, no, it's it's actually it's actually not good because I I No, it's not. If somebody dies, uh, like a celebrity or something, I get obsessed about finding out how they died. I need to know. If, I find comfort in how they died for some reason. Mm. If something bad happens, like someone gets in a car accident and I see it, then I start reading about all the stats about car accidents. I I look up every car okay. accident that's happened in the last like 45 years. And I think it's me just searching for ways to like not have it happen to me. But it yeah. winds up being a like a... Uh, circling the toilet drain of depression that just keeps giving me down anxiety. Yeah, there's really no way to avoid getting T-boned by a drunk driver or, you know, I'm always, when I drive at night, I'm always on alert for people taking, like, getting on the exit ramp and coming towards me, lights coming towards me. I sometimes have hallucinated and started seeing the lights coming towards me when it isn't Mm. because I'm so on the lookout for, because that's how people die all the time in accidents is people are drunk and they get on the highway going the wrong way. Yes, wrong way drivers. Horrifying. Yes. Uh. Yeah. So oh, I am always on the lookout for that constantly, chronically. And sometimes it like I invent it. And sometimes I've gotten really scared on the highway because I'm like, it's coming. And it's like, no, that's like the headlights in front of me. It's so weird. Um, I had some irrational fears where they're in my neighborhood walking around. There's some really gigantic pine cones. <laughs> They're literally like grenades, uh, right? And, and they fall from the trees. They are they, these trees should not be allowed in suburban neighborhoods because they are as hard and sharp as grenades. I've seen one fall and dent a car. Really? And so whenever I walk underneath trees like that, I, I I used to freak out. And then someone said, "What you have to do is you have to just spend like an hour under one of those trees, face your fear." Oh, yeah. exposure therapy. Exposure therapy. And so then I did. Now I feel a lot better, but I still believe that they should cut down those trees. What about when we yeah. were all living in New York City? Do you remember when the wind, the winter is fading and the spring is coming and you slowly see those sheets of ice on the glass buildings melt and fall? And then you would, it would, you'd see signs, beware, falling sheets of glass. And they're like 
Yes. Huge sheets of glass that could just slice your head right off. Or there's like you are on the train and there's like a homeless man who is stabbing the air oh, and coming gosh. towards you. Yes. You know, wildly. Yeah. I've and, seen a guy um, like that stabbing a, a phone pole just over and over yeah. again. What are we going to do? Walk by uh, him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it's discriminatory if you don't or you whatever. You have to like, like that, pretend like that's normal that's and be like, oh, no, I good mean, job, there's, sir. There's a lot bad. of... <laughs> There's some homeless people popping up in my neighborhood and I cross the street and it's like I get I I feel uh, bad doing that because maybe they're harmless, but they're just making erratic movements. They're kind of shouting in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable and I am protecting myself. But anyway, I um was depressed this week and so I've been like I I picked up this book. It kind of kind of like served to me. There was like a um I don't know. It was on my Instagram, but a quote from it came up. A guy wrote a book about how to not kill yourself. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well, if I want to read about suicide, this is the book to read it because it's like I'm trying. Not that I'm ever going to kill myself, but I like I just like to read about it because it's just it's reading about a way out for for you standing <laughs> under the pine cone. It's like, okay, I'm I'm teaching myself that this is not likely to happen to me. Whereas I'm like, I want a scenario where I can get out. Like I just cried this morning because there's a dog being put down um, on my friend's Instagram. She runs a rescue. Natalie, she's been on the podcast, a friend, not a guest that was forced on me. Um, But she posted this dog that has like fucking all fucked up legs and breathing issues and its bones are growing in all these weird ways. And it's it was having its last day on earth because they have to put it down and they took it to the beach and like fed it nice food. And, and then the, the song was playing the Tom Petty, like you belong among the wildflowers. And it was just like, Oh my. And I was crying. And then I realized I was crying cause I'm jealous that dogs get to be put down <laughs> cause I've been wanting to be put down this. I just want to like, I want it's, it's not fair that like dogs can suffer enough that people go, we can let them go, but humans like have to just keep going and I don't want to die. I just want a little bit of a break from living. Yeah. Um, sometimes. And I know that people relate to that until the next episode of succession. Yes. <laughs> Yes, or until the next like fun dinner or podcast I get to do. Like I just um I just don't really like myself this week, but I'm only sharing that because I feel like it's relatable and I know you guys are like, but I like you and it's like why would I want to listen to someone who doesn't like themselves? I don't know. You have to ask yourself that. Um so anyway, <laughs> I've been reading this book. And okay. <laughs> I don't have the solution for you. I can't I can't and be anything I like how you made it what I am. Listener's problem. Yeah. Listen <laughs> no, guys. I mean, like, if you like me, you need to go to therapy. Yeah. I, get some no, help I mean, and like, figure out your shit. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it that way. I just mean like I can't change who I am just because it might not be the greatest thing for you as a listener. Like I'm I'm sick of trying to be anything that I'm not feeling. I'm like kind of trying to live in like exactly what's happening to me, complete honesty about it. Um or at least this is how I'm trying to live today because yesterday I went to my voice lesson and I was really depressed because I've just been comparing myself to too many people and uh I don't fit in any of my clothes and I can't stop eating and all the things. And so I was just really depressed and my voice is average and I'm just sick of being average. I don't like being average. I want to be special. And then there's all this hogwash about like, but you know, everyone has a, like I talked to my therapist yesterday who isn't my voice teacher, my therapist earlier on in the morning. And she's like, you know, I go, if I can't be extraordinary at something, I like don't want to be alive. I just don't really, it bothers me to like, it bothers me to dream of being something and really never being able to do that. 
It's like, I just don't see the point of staying alive if you can't be the things you want to be. And she was like, well, what about, she said something about um, everyone has a purpose. And I'm like, really? Does everyone have a purpose? Like, I think there are some people that just don't. And maybe I'm one, like, I don't know. Not that I'm one of them, but I just don't like the idea where it's like, it's almost like that whole thing that the conservatives say about liberals where everyone needs a trophy. There's no losers. And it's like, I don't like this idea of like everyone. Some people are what about that guy stabbing the air. The guy stabbing. Yes. Does he have a purpose? Exactly. What? And, and why? What about like when a child dies of cancer and they're like, this is God. God needed this child. There's a reason behind it. What would the reason be? He needed a short stop you about in heaven. S- <laughs> is that what they say? Oh my God. <laughs> Like there's just sometimes things are just bad and bleak and like I just don't I don't know maybe that's my depression brain that's not able to see like everything has a reason and everything has a purpose. Some things just seem super cruel and some people just seem very untalented but want to be talented and that to me is like sad if you want to be something and you can never be it. Maybe you're an example. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say when when uh, therapists say that, I don't think they mean it in like a like a religious or faithful uh, respect. I think they mean it more like what people get their happiness from. So the flailing guy on the train, like his purpose is to go and to just flail around and well, get I don't think whatever that makes him happy. Pers- though I mean, the fl- yeah, it, it just like what what makes well, you happy in, life. in that it's, moment. I guess in the moment it soothes him. But what about people who commit genocide and that makes them happy? Do we allow that? Like, certainly not. You know, like, what if him stabbing someone makes him happy? And then we're like, whatever brings you joy. Like, that's kind of what I'm I, I'm getting at is that I don't think that everyone has a purpose on this planet and that some people are right to be like, I'm worthless. <laughs> and like, sometimes I, f- I don't like hearing I'm beautiful when I'm feeling ugly. I don't like hearing I'm skinny when I know that I'm not the body I want to be. And all of these things that I think that people just kind of have these platitudes that are empty to me. And sometimes I feel like my depressed brain does see things l- literally for how they are. And it can be, um, I feel like I'm, more enlightened than most people and in a in a way that is like brutal because you just see like nothing matters it does like i'm i just don't like being average and i don't think i don't see the purpose in being an average person it just seems like you're a waste on the nation's resources and you're not contributing anything i know i'm contributing something i have meet besties all the time who feel very connected to me i know that i contribute but what if I didn't? Should I kill myself then? Like, if I don't have this podcast, should I, like, what am I bring? joy am I bringing to the world? I just don't, so I just feel, then I feel like all my worth is wrapped up in this thing that iHeartRadio presents to people. Like, I just, <laughs> like, there's a corporation behind what I bring to the world. Like, thank you, iHeart. But no. does any of this make sense? The it just sounds is, like the ramblings of a true, crazy, depressed person right you now. You don't sound honestly. crazy. But you, I mean, I you mean, sound depressed. You sound like everything is shit. It might be fun to, you know, just shit on everything for a while. That's always a, a fun thing. I like doing that. Um, but no, you're you stumbled upon. You didn't stumble upon. You are acutely aware of the truth, which is at the which is at the. I'm cute. Which is that? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, that, it's turning uh, around. <laughs> okay, wait a second. You're very uh, cute. Worth, <laughs> yes. Worth meter <laughs> breaks. Nothing we do matters. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Everything that exists in this world in society is made up. And all yeah. we can do is what we decide we want to do. And that's your fucking purpose. 
And I don't even believe scary. that we make decisions. And, and that's you don't even, even believe scarier. we make decisions. I know. And, that, and that's, so how, what am I supposed to do? But I do have a solution to all of this. All of this does get better. Uh, I will tell you about it after the break because I did have kind of a, a little bit of an epiph. Here's yesterday. an ad from BetterHelp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so good. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is so important. With Conair Girl Bomb's ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self care journey with precision and power, the kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited plans start at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Who wouldn't want a few extra bucks in their pocket? Straight Talk is a great everyday value on wireless. Plus, it all runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings and root metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans... Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like, choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline all right, we're back. So we're going to follow up on everything. The, the moment in succession, because those is all connected. So I was talking to my therapist in the morning. My therapist that I have now is somatic therapist, where she's like asks about what do I feel in my body. It's all very confusing to me. I don't feel things in my body. I'm starting to kind of notice where I tense up and stuff, but it's still a fucking reach. I'm just mad because I'm mad. I'm sad because I'm sad. I don't know where it presents in my body. Brian, you you are someone who's on train with like 
are on board the train of all pain is in your head kind of thing or like not all of it but I mean it is in your head that's where you well the, your that, nerves is, that is the shoot. truth even if you have like a broken bone and something it's that in looks, your head yes everything that you you sense and feel comes from your brain and so it comes from your nerves sending a message to your brain yes. so it is from your brain but there are a lot of instances where you do not have a physical manifestation that would cause pain and your brain is just creating pain due to emotional trauma or anxiety or things like that i'm i'm definitely i have lots of that yes you do and it it's it's supposed supposed to be enough to know that you that is what's causing it to make it go away like knowing the root is to make it go away but it's a lot more than that uh i guess um because it just finds another place to start lighten up it didn't work for me just knowing that i mean then yeah if it if it crops up somewhere else and then it tricks you into thinking that it's a physical symptom then it really hurts but like do you ever talk to it and go i hear you I know, I get it. Like that has helped for me when I had a cold sore coming on because of stress. I just go, hey, message received. I am stressed out right now. I need to relax more. You don't need to turn into a blister. I don't need the full message. It's, you know, when someone's explaining something to you and you get it right away, but they keep talking and they need to say it a million times over. Yeah. That's what I say to my cold sore where I was just like, got it. Don't need to go the full route. Like everything you are saying, I completely get. Let me repeat it back to you, cold sore. I am stressed out. I am suffering. I am saying yes to too many things I don't want to do. I am not sleeping enough. I am not eating right. You know, like you just tell it like, got it. I'm going to dr- address it. You can go away now. That it worked for me the other day. I thought I was having a, a shingles outbreak again because I had had shingles years ago. Remember? And Nikki was like, I was freaking out because I'm like, I know this tingling pain. Yeah, exactly what it is. It feels just like you have a cut on your arm with an exacto knife. Exactly like that. And then you look at your arm, there's nothing there. And that's what it feels like for a few days before the thing comes on. You get shingles, yeah. And then you're out for like a couple weeks and it feels like you got the flu really bad and it's gross open sores and you can get shingles multiple times. So I told Nikki, yeah, she told me to do that and I did it. And probably I wasn't getting a shingles outbreak, who knows, but I never got the thing. I just kept saying over and over. You can do it for yeah. sniffles. You can do it for a sore throat coming on whenever. But some people want to get sick. Like we all know people that are like, I'm getting sick. And they like, <laughs> they want it. And they can, and you can also invite it. That doesn't make me feel any less bad for those people. Like a sickness is a sickness, whether you brought it on unknowingly, subconsciously or not. Like I'm not taking anything away from these illnesses. It's just, you might have more control than you think. Write the thing that you don't want to turn into the thing, a letter and just be like, Hey, thank you so much for showing up. I needed someone to kind of like shake me awake about my life not going the way I need to walk more. I need to get out in the sunlight. Whatever you can let it know you're going to do so it doesn't need to show up all the way because it's trying to send you a message. What you're doing so anyway, there is twofold. One thing is you are hmm. uh, acknowledging uh, acknowledging the connection between the physical symptom and the emotion and the anxiety mm-hmm. saying that this is not a physical problem that I'm having. This is yes. because I'm having an emotional problem. My body, my limbic system, whatever is reacting in this way. And then secondly, you're not empowering it. You're kind of undermining it by talking to it. Like if you talk to it like it's a little baby or a, or a dog or something, that undermines yeah. it because what you resist persists. 
If you have a symptom uh, and you yes. and you are scared of it and you keep focusing on it and you're like, how do I get rid of these headaches? How do I get rid of this you know, pain in my joints? How do I get rid of this pelvic pain? How do I get rid of my IBS? If you just keep focusing on it, it will just get worse because your subconscious mind will say, this is important. This is dangerous. And we need to mm-hmm. continue sending these signals because that's what the brain's focusing on. If you can talk to it like it's a baby, undermine it, and then just ignore it. It'll slowly, your brain will be like, well, this isn't doing anything. So let's just not do it I think anymore. Thank it. Because when you thank someone and you go, thank you so much, yeah. it sends them away. You know, like yes. if someone's trying to give you a gift and you go, oh my God, thank you, but no thank you. I've already had enough. Like I don't eat sugar or whatever it is. Like someone's bringing you a cake. You be polite to it yes. because it's trying, it is, it's trying to do good. It's trying to slow you down. So you stop. Like shingles would put you out, Anya. You wouldn't be able yeah. to work. You wouldn't be able to think about anything else. Therefore, you wouldn't think about all the other things that it's trying to get you to stop thinking about. Exactly. You it's know what I mean? Like it would, it would, it's trying to help you by not, and it's pain is trying to help you by not letting you suffer emotionally because emotional suffering is so, we're so scared of it because we don't, it's not something that we feels tangible to us. I think our brain reroutes it to physical things. I mean, that's just my interpretation. I wish we had Andrew Huberman here to explain any of this and tell us we're all wrong. But um, every time I see his podcast, I'm just like, I learned something new. Every time I just see a clip of that 16 hour podcast. But um, <laughs> so I went to this girl and she was talking to me about girl, woman. <laughs> and she, she's 11. It's interesting because. I've been just gaining weight recently. I've talked about it on the podcast. It's not like a lot of weight. I don't hate. It's not like I feel like I'm fat or I hate you because you might be fatter than me. Please don't put this on yourself. It's just a me thing. None of my clothes fit. You get it. I've already said it. But it's crept up because I've started eating at night again. Like I wake up in the middle of the night and I am not. It's not because I'm hungry. Let me mind you. I know a lot of people eat at night because they starve all day. That used to be me. I don't starve during the day anymore. I eat like a normal person during the day. And then I'm in the middle of the night. I wake up at like two hours after I've gone to bed and I am ravenous and it's not actual hunger. It's just because if it were hunger, I would just keep eating because I don't know, or I would, it would, it, I just, I kind of know the difference. I don't know how to describe it. Cause it just, it seems like hunger. And so I've been eating in the middle of the night um, and back to my old wily ways. <laughs> and it like started out as just like, I'll just have a little something. I didn't need eat enough today. You know, it started out as me justifying it. Like, oh, my body just needs food to get through the night. And then it turns into like every single night I get to like stop at a rest stop and get snacks. Like it's yeah. just like, like I'm on my eating? body's on a road trip through the night. Protein bars because they're the easiest. Mm. And I like am very connected to them. Those are like my eating disorder food because they're packaged. You know exactly how much you're getting. There's like a sweetness to it. There's a saltiness to it. Like I just have my ones. And it's become like this habit where I'm doing it probably six nights a week. If Chris spends the night, I don't tend to do it. Maybe because he's there and it would feel like I'd have to sneak it because I'd be horrified if he caught me in the middle of the night eating. Um, So like maybe once or twice a week. And sometimes I just like sleep through the night and I don't know why. And I wake up in the morning and I feel like a million bucks because I'm not like bloated from eating a litter. And I'm not talking about one protein bar. I'm talking about several. I mean, this isn't like I used to where it was like nine and that's not an exaggeration at all. I used to eat nine protein bars throughout the night. Several Um, meaning... Two or three. And that's the God's honest truth. Like never more than three at this moment, but three every single night. Let's talk. That's like 600 calories over the course of it takes, I think, 3,500 calories to gain a pound. So that's three weeks. I can gain, you know, two or three pounds. And I've been doing this now for months. It's like crept up and it's like now it's showing up. My clothes don't fit. 
And and I'm also tired of it because it's just like it's this it's just not it doesn't make sense why I'm doing it. So I was it's talking also to her about it. your sleep. Yes. So and because you your body has to agitated. like process it. And now I get now my body thinks it's time to eat. It's like it's not even. Oh, God. But it's emotional. I mean, because what it feels like in the middle of the night is a hu- it feels like a hug. And I've never described that. I was talking to Chris about it yesterday about emotional eating. And he's like, I've never understood what people say, like, eat your feelings. And I really haven't either. And I'm someone who's been doing it my whole life. I know I just don't because I'm not connected to my feelings. Right. So. But she actually blew my mind yesterday because she was like, well, when you like cry a lot during the day or have some kind of like emotional expression or you receive some sort of comfort or you have a connect, a strong emotional connection with someone you share or you open up in some way, does the eating happen those nights? And I was like, I don't know. I got to start tracking it because I want to see like maybe that is maybe I just need to cry and then I don't have to gain a bunch of weight. Like maybe if I just let out some feelings that's what that is so i am done doing it i like i'm just flipping a switch where i'm like i'm just i don't get to do that so now like last night before i went to bed knowing i don't get to in the middle of the night i was like well you get to eat as much as you want before bed because it's the kitchen is closed when you go to sleep and it was kind of nice because i just like pigged out before i went to bed knowing that like well at least i'm not going to eat in the middle of the night because i can't do that and that I think really helped me be not like restricting before bed either. Just being like, well, when you're, when you wash your face to go to bed, it's done. Like I'm eating up until I wash my face yeah. at this point. It's nice to but hear like, someone just tracking it. talk about not being able to understand that phrase. Cause I also had that like, what eat your feelings? I don't get it. But then when I first got into recovery for my eating disorder, I would sit down and eat lunch, let's say, and then, I would have a journal and once my lunch was over or sometimes during lunch, I would just start journaling Uh and I'm like, I don't understand this. Eat my feelings thing. And then I would fill up like four or five, six pages in my journal and I'd be sobbing. And all of a sudden I started to see, oh, I have all of this pent up, whatever you want, rage, sadness, anxiety of future shit, like so much going on that I had no idea about because I would just eat through it. Not realizing I was eating because I was anxious, not because I was hungry. And then I slowly was able to, over time, distinguish between anxiety and actual physical hunger. Yeah, but then getting through the anxiety is just tough because it oh, does hell. it does sate my anxiety. I when I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm I'm stressed or like go for it. When I finish that bar, I'm not, I don't need more. I'm, I got the hot, like I need three, two. Usually it's like one, but sometimes two. I feel good. I feel like I can go back to sleep and everything's okay. Sometimes I wake up again and I have another one, like, but I feel, it does feel like I get wrapped up in a blanket and someone's like, it's okay. And I don't even know what I'm stressing out about. If you ask me in those moments, I wouldn't go, I had a bad dream or I'm worried about, you know, this shoot tomorrow or I don't, there's no thought process behind it. It's just an impulse. And I know this is relatable. That's why I'm sharing it. I I know there's some people that go, I don't even understand this at all, but I, everyone is out of control with their food in this country. There's no one who doesn't struggle with like, I want to eat these things and I shouldn't eat this. So I'm not alone here, but she said to me, she goes, and this is an interesting question to ask yourself if you struggle with like overeating or just, you know, uh, feeling out of control with food. She was like, in that moment, when you wake up in the middle of the night, 
is there anything that you could get instead of the food that would make you feel better? Like, is there anything, is there anyone that could like, is there like someone that could like offer their assistance or like, and I was thinking about it and really what she was saying was, is there someone that could like hug you? Is because what we were getting out that I need comfort and that this is a substitute for a hug and an intimacy, whether with myself or others. And I was like, no, because she goes, think about anyone in your life that you'd want to hug you in the middle of the, and I'm like, no one because they're sleeping and I'm a burden and I don't want someone to have to hug me. I don't know why I have this thing. I don't like when people hug me because I feel like the whole time they're like, when can I stop doing this? This is annoying for me. Like, I don't want to be hugging her. This is, she's a lot and they want to get away. And I know that's not everyone's perception, but it's certainly, I think I'm projecting because I know that when people start going like (laughs) around me, I go, I'm never going to be able to get out of this. Like, I'm great to be here for the next 15, 30 minutes to comfort them, but they need so much and I can't stay all day. I have to go eat three protein bars (laughs) in my bathroom or what, you know, I, I have stuff to do. So do you ever feel that way you guys when someone I don't like getting hugged at all so I I, I can relate why to is that. that I don't know I guess my mom didn't hug me enough or something and I never got used to getting hugs and so whenever someone else but what's the thought that goes through your head when someone hugs you get the fuck off me there's no there's no like they don't really want to be doing this. this no no it's just like I don't want this just stop I think it's it because just feels I, gross. I don't accept this I, I maybe it's I don't accept <laughs> the fact that you you'd want to touch me or hug me like I don't accept right. the uh the warmth of your your embrace yeah like I feel like it's it's they feel obligated or it's performative um and I'm jealous of people that can just accept a hug and so I will yeah. spoiler alert <laughs> do the spoiler alert Where's the horn sound? <laughs> Succession spoiler alert. So in the latest episode, Shiv is deeply wounded about her dad's death. And sorry if you didn't get to it yet, but honestly, I'm not sorry at all. If you are two weeks late in Succession, you aren't a fan. Um, and I know some people just haven't watched it. So forget that he dies, even though the whole time you know he's going to die at some point in these seasons. Um, actually, I am sorry. Sorry. Okay, so... Um, I can't decide if I'm sorry or not. Honestly, I'm flip-flopping. I I would probably be pissed if I was someone that like hadn't seen it yet and had planned to. I'd be annoyed with me. So, okay, I relate. Um, I want to give you a hug. So, um, she is crying about, she has scheduled her grief. So, she like is such a busy person that um, her assistant has gotten her a room at their office where she can just go into a dark room and just cry during the day. Which um, I think is hilarious and relatable. So she goes in this room to like weep quietly. There's also another thing she's dealing with, but I won't spoil that. But I guess, but you can guess what it is. Um, So she's crying for two and she's in there and uh, she, her ex-husband or like soon to be ex-husband, they're going through a divorce. They're separated, comes in and she has not told him about the other person she's crying for. And um, she is crying and, um, he walks in not knowing she's in there and he's like, oh my God. And she, they have just a very tumultuous, like a very contentious relationship at this point. And she is just cold to him and he's kind of rude to her. And he's always been the one that shows more warmth and she's always been kind of cold. And he's like, 
they have kind of like a moment of sweetness and he's like, come here. And she just like resists it so much. And he's like, come on, please. And I almost burst out crying because the idea that he wanted to comfort her, like I could tell that he wanted to. It wasn't like, I got to comfort my wife. She's hysterical right now. It was like, I want this more than you do maybe. And it was so sweet to me that she got that. Because I just feel like, and I think that people probably give that to me. I was even telling Anya, she's one person that I never mind going to. And same with Noah. Brian, it's to be seen. But <laughs> Noah and Anya are always great people to go with my um, life anxieties. Because they always, they seem to enjoy helping me or comforting yeah, me at a certain or point you me- have to be like okay i'm done talking about this now because <laughs> i'm like and also point number 47 <laughs> you're like i'm actually good i'm all talked out <laughs> yeah i can recover pretty well from things but no th- th- i have definitely felt like you know i'm so grateful for you guys because i don't know what i would do without some people that i could literally at any time of day dump some stuff on and even if you don't get to it right away I know at some point you're going to have a very thoughtful, very compassionate response. And same with my girls chat, all the girls on there listening, you guys are all the same um, and always give me lots of love when I need it. But um, in terms of like hugging though, I don't know that I'd want, I don't know that I, even though I think you'd be okay hugging me, I just feel like it's just, I feel like a burden. And so I need to like kind of work on that because I know Chris Convey, my amazing boyfriend, loves helping me. There's nothing Chris Convey loves more than helping other people. And so I do have someone that like get almost gets off on being there for me. And yet I still in the middle of the night would feel bad waking him up to be like, will you hug me so I don't eat a half a box of kind bars? You know, like I just would feel weird doing that, but I'm going to try to start doing it. I'm confused I guess is on what one I'm saying. thing. I'm hearing Please. you say, I don't like hugs because I am assuming they want people it. do not want to be in that hug with me. And then I'm also hearing, mm-hmm. I want a hug. So which is it? Yes. I do want, I want a hug, but I don't want someone to feel like they, like, it's a conundrum. I'm just doing this because Nikki needs it. Have you tried assembling a mannequin a out of kind bars <laughs> so that you wake up in the middle of the night, the kind bars can hug I'd you? Start eating it. <laughs> if I you feel bad about it hugging you, you can eat it. it. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, something for you to think about, Nikki. Maybe it's not like don't use the word someone, but use the specific person. Like if you mm-hmm. ever came to me, Tom Wamskins. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. When you come to me and you have uh, a problem or, or something's bothering you, I would never just like tolerate you. And you know, I I love listening to you, and I do love helping you a lot, and I do care about you a lot. And I am at a point in my life where I don't have time for friends that I tolerate. Or any, or any people in my yes. life that I just like put up with. Like I just don't, I've just gotten to a point where my life is now on the shorter end than the longer end. And I don't want yes. those kind of people in there. Yeah, I guess I have to trust people when they offer comfort that they're not doing it out of obligation. And I'm not ever forcing anyone to do anything. Um, if but I needed a hug, for me. 
or Mm -hmm. if I was distressed and you saw it and I didn't ask for a hug, would you, is there any part of you that would feel like hugging me? Yeah. I don't have a problem giving giving. hugs to people, but, and also because I have good boundaries with you where you, I know you you would understand if I'm like, I can't be here. I can't comfort you about this longer than an hour. Like that's all I have to give. I have to get to other things. Like, but I do feel like I have a friend right now who just lost a parent and I really struggle with that because I, it's my biggest fear and I just never know what to say and nothing I say will be good enough. And also I feel like I can't get out of comforting this person. You can't be listening to someone cry about losing their mom on the phone and then go, I have to actually go to the grocery store or like I need to go work out. Like I can't, I know I can do that. I don't see a way out. I feel very trapped. So I recently, instead of ignoring the person like I used to and just not sending anything because I know that I can't do that for them, I just wrote a message. It was very hard for me. And this is me. It's so hard for me comforting my friend who lost a parent. But I wrote to them, I I'm thinking about you every day, which is true. I love you so much. Um, I can't imagine what you're going through. Just know that I love you. And I did not write. I almost wrote, I'm here for you if you need it. I'm always here. But I did not write that because the truth is, I'm not. I can't handle that person's grief right now. And I can't handle... That's because more than most people. You are supposed. It's right. It's like, no, no. Does this go hand in hand with with what you were talking about in the first segment and um, not feeling good about being average, where a part of you feels like you need to help this person find closure and you know just go up to like a hundred percent with what you're doing? Yeah, possibly it's a perfectionist type thing, but it's also it's it's that this person. I I don't want to leave this person if they're so sad. And I think that sometimes people can depend on me. I have gotten into situations where people depend on me emotionally too much. And I start to, that's when I shut down. And then I become cruel. And I will ghost someone because I can't handle hearing about this thing they're going through, whether they lost a, like, I just, I don't do well with people's grief. And I I think it's because I just, feel like it's um what are those sand trap like a yeah like a sand trap that you get caught in and you'll never get out of like have you ever yeah quicksand have you ever comforted someone when they're losing someone and you just feel like you can't get off the phone and there's it's never gonna be enough there's no closure to comforting someone with a parent some people are emotional vampires and that needs to be called just like let's just say it some people really do go through stuff but then there are other people and they might not have even lost a parent you cannot get off the phone with them for an hour and then you'll say I hate to do this I gotta run I have a thing and they're like yeah really quick one more thing I wanted to ask you about and it's like I've had people like this in my life where they need four warnings before I actually get off the phone those people are emotional vampires don't understand these people I we were watching couples therapy the other night on Hulu Showtime yeah it's a show where it's a show where couples go and talk to this woman what's her name Anya sorry you're taking a Orna. Orna. She is a couple Orna. Couples therapist. Couples go to her. They like show their whole session. It's very fascinating. Brian, I think you'd like the show. I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Um, but they 
you watch these couples like go through all these hard times. It's very honest and it's just fascinating. Anyway, a lot of times these couples and I've been in couples therapy too. And Chris and I will just be it. We'll just get onto something and it's time's up. And I am constantly looking at the time and I am aware that our time is up, but I know that we, and Chris will know it too. And as soon as she says, like starts having kind of like, you know, maybe putting away her notebook or like kind of like, putting like picking up her phone or whatever to kind of signal this is like wrap it up. I instantly go, okay, well next week we, we can leave this here. Let's get to, we'll, we'll see you next week. And I'm like, let me get out of your hair. I don't ever want to be someplace where someone is where I'm taking advantage and getting more of their time than the time allotted. And there's a, a couple on the show where she'll like be like, our time is up and they'll keep going. Mm. I could not relate to someone more than if they kicked their dog and they littered on the street. Like that is the same kind of, that's how little I could ever relate to once. Or if, or if you, if a a store is closing and you go and five minutes before you show up and you go, are you guys still open? I would never do that ever because these people don't want to be there anymore. They hate you. And you're done. Yeah, I used to work Does, in the deli and an hour yeah. before. Oh, we the, know. Remember the deli? I used to work in a deli and the hour before we closed, we'd clean everything up. And the one thing you would yeah. clean is the slicers that slice the meat. And then sometimes people will come in and be like, are the slicers closed? And we'd say, oh, yeah, we just cl- we just cleaned them. And they're like, but it's only 745 and it's not an hour before you close. And then they make us put the slicers back together and slice the meat. And if you think you're getting good sliced meat at that point, you have your fucking <laughs> mind. I just like don't want to be somewhere I know that someone doesn't want me. Thick. Um, And that's why I don't like I don't even like sometimes going on people's podcasts. This comes back to the podcast thing. Uh. I don't like going on people's podcasts because I know sometimes they their booker booked me. And they really don't even want to be interviewing me. They don't want to do research on me. They don't have any interest in talking to me. It's just an obligation. And it makes me want to jump out of my skin. Whereas some people are like, I deserve to be here. I'm a cool person. You should be lucky you're talking to me. I wish I could be like that sometimes. You just don't feel that way? Because there's a lot of situations where you're like a... a a pleasure like people are like would love to have you you having you there is like a great uh uh what's the word a great uh boon yeah like if you do someone's if you did someone's like random show that would be like an amazing like get for them you don't feel good about that well when i'm a good get but when it's someone who's a little bit more famous than me and i realize like reading about me would be that like i've had to prepare for people that I'm like, who is this? Like, I don't ever want to be a burden for someone. I was thinking I couldn't relate to you. And then I was like, I do relate. If there's a party and there's a guitar and someone out of, let's say there's a 15 person party and one of the people goes, Anya, will you play a song, please? I'm in hell. Cause I'm like, I guarantee not all of these 15 people want to be hijacked by a chick with her guitar. And I don't even want to play. And I'm just like, Ugh. like if all 15 were like, yes, please, we're fans. Play this one song. <laughs> I might get into it. But yeah, that that to me is hell. And that's when I start assuming things that I don't know to be true. And that's what you're doing. You're, you're creating an assumption in your mind and you're believing it. They don't yes. want me here. But that's a story. Yes. That's a depressed. Right. 
person's story. Person's outlook. And that's that's what I'm dealing with right now. So then I went to that voice lesson after my my uh therapy and I knew he wouldn't make me sing because I was just not I was just like on the brink of crying every two seconds and just feeling like I'm just average. I don't want to be and you can't lie to me anymore and say that I'm special. And he was just like what are you talking about? But no. he just talked to me about <laughs> I love your impression. He said something that him. really resonated with me. Anya met him. Anya and I went to a voice lesson <laughs> with him. He's so cool. To, for, he was so nice. Yeah. You can't the convince best. a depressed person that things are good. How really long have can't. you been depressed for? Not not in total. This, this, this week this, is about a week. About a week. Because like depression yeah. comes in wave. Like it's like a, you have a cold. You're just depressed for a while. And at, at a certain yes. point, your brain's going to be will. like, what the fuck am I doing? And yeah, gonna it's going to fade it away. Yeah. Yes. And it it totally happens like that. You just wake up one morning, and you're like, I'm not sick anymore. Like it's, it really is. I wish it was looked at as like a cold because everyone seems to get on board with people just coming down with something and being kind of like not the greatest to be around. Yeah. But when you're depressed, it's just like, no, what do you have to be depressed about? It's like, I don't know. My brain caught a disease. It's just in that state this week. And I know it's not true. And yeah, and it I mean, it's not as bad as it usually gets. I'm like usually pretty catatonic and really like mean and making everyone around me completely miserable. And I've tried <laughs> not to do that this time, but it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit better about it. Um, and but um, when you're sick, you can wear a scarf and you could have tea and then you yes. have sniffles and everyone's like, oh, that person's sick. When you're depressed, it's not like you can dress emo and start walking around with like <laughs> my face looks fucked when I'm depressed, though. Like everything. That's why I'm wearing sunglasses today. My eyes are puffy, not from crying, just from like being sad and like my, everything on my face is kind of pulled down. I've been sleeping too much. So my face is a little, like pillow indents in it. And like I just. You know, when I'm depressed, my dreams are a vacation. They're like, you know, Nick Griffin joke, like sleeping is or naps are mini suicides. Like you just get to like disappear. And I love sleeping when I'm depressed. I love it. It's like this dream world where everything can happen. There's all these possibilities. I'm not myself. And um, yeah, it's just but I realized from reading all of my suicide books, I am not alone with feeling this way. And there are many people out there it's like half of people struggle with suicidal tendencies. Half. That's a statistic. Uh, about like one-tenth of people attempt it and only one out of those ten actually. Like It's like, this is a very common thing. Um, it's like the same number people of people who with. make it into the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I would say more people kill themselves than make it in the NBA yeah. every year. I think it's like the suicide rate is fucking insane. And it's it, it's never something I'm going to do, in it, but it is something that I... It's almost like saying, I just, I know that my parachute is going to open on the way down, but I'd like to have that little extra one that I'm never going to pull just in case. Yeah. Like it just isn't out in case it gets too bad. You know, like even though I would never do it, I'm never going to, why would I open that pair of little mini parachute when around? I got my, um, uh, Knowing that I'd regret it right away because everyone that does regrets it right so right away. Um, the fact that there is no proof that this life is going to get better once I do it. Like it's like you're trying my a lot of people commit suicide or want to commit suicide because they want to. Um, they want to punish everyone around them. They want to show everyone 
something. It's like a, you know, he actually covers it in this book called How to Not Kill Yourself. It's a very fascinating book. And I do recommend it to anyone who's uh, maybe thought about it or like just interested in the subject of it. And it's actually, he's making an argument for not doing it. But um, a lot of people do it to go, fuck you, mom and dad. Or like, this is um, mine. My, my a desire to do it. I don't think about, oh, he kind of compares those people that think of, if you think about what your funeral is going to look like when you're dead and like how everyone's going to be crying and all that stuff, you're one of those people that's doing this for revenge and to like mm-hmm. hurt people. And maybe not because you're so hurt. I mean, it's all about that. Mine is I can't keep doing this. It's just, I'm exhausted. It's like when you are running Uh, When you have a goal in mind to run four miles and you're in mile one and you go, how the fuck am I going to do three more? I mean, this is just something I relate to because I've always had the goal of four miles and I know I can do the four miles. I've done it before. I did it yesterday. And you just go, how am I going to do it? You just think it never ends. That's why I don't want kids because kids never end. (laughs) At least if I'm in the middle of shooting F-Boy Island, which is coming up and I'm very excited about reason to live. If I'm shooting F-Boy Island and it's a really hard shoot, there is an end to it in sight. It's three weeks away. It's eight weeks away. Kids, it's 18 years. I myself am not strong enough to sign up for something that is endless like yeah, that. Yeah, 18 years. And Even with marriage, there's a divorce. And they want to move back in your house or they want to take your money or they shoot you. Yes. <laughs> I, I went yes. dark. So <laughs> I have to say to people that Menendez. have kids, I am. I think you are... Incre- no, you're absolutely right. They can become completely dependent on you. Cross and they're it. really... They say... <laughs> they say... They say 18 years old is like the cutoff, but most parents do not cut off their kids at 18. They're not like heartless banks, you know, like this is, there is like, it it goes beyond that. And so I really give it up to parents for taking that chance that you are going to have to do, you're committing to something that will never end for you. Even after you are always a parent, you are always going to love something so much and worry about something so much and have to stick around for something so much. So um, before we go to break, mine is just like, I just am too tired and like, I can't do this anymore. And it's too pain. Like you want the pain to stop. So there's, those are the two different kinds, but I would never do it because I read something last night and it's like, I am pretty certain there's not an afterlife. I feel like your spirit like might live on in some kind of like realm or something. I don't think it's like I keep living and like walking around in the clouds with other people. Um, But I, there's no guarantee that it's going to be better. I might just be signing up for a shittier version of life. And like the one I have is by all accounts, extremely good. Like compared to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I could have been him. I'm very lucky. So, and I always realize that it's, it's, I've never once thought I want to die and then not been able to get over that feeling and be able to not relate to that feeling at all. It oh, There always is a moment where I won't relate to the feeling. That feeling might come back, but I always will get over it. And so it never, it isn't lasting forever. So that really is what stops me is that this can be a little fantasy of mine, but it's never going to be something I do um, because I would never, again, I would never commit to something that lasts forever. And suicide is forever. Much like kids. That's why it's called committing suicide. 
<laughs> yeah, or it's called what is it called now? Taking your murdering li- yourself or, or taking your suicide, dying by suicide because you're not supposed to make it like they did something. They can't help that they killed themselves. No one would want to do that, so it's not their fault. But this, it, I, what I got to is the same reason I don't want to have kids. Is the same reason I don't want to kill myself. I don't want to do anything that is forever that I might regret. Yeah. They should do like a Love Is Blind, where it's like, but it's death is mute, and at the end you have to decide <laughs> whether or not you're going to kill yourself. Wait, death is mute? Yeah, like instead of deciding you're going to get married to someone, you're just talking into a mirror for six weeks. And then at the end, you decide whether or not you're going to kill yourself. Oh, my God. I love this. This is like Squid Game. Yeah. Brilliant. Death is mute. Okay. But why death is mute? Well, because like love is blind. I'm just trying to change oh, the word. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're doing there. Let's, um, let's talk more about this or maybe less when we get back <laughs> up to this. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is so important. With Conair Girl Bomb's ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self care journey with precision and power, the kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited plans start at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Who wouldn't want a few extra bucks in their pocket? Straight Talk is a great everyday value on wireless. Plus, it all runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings and root metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. <laughs> um so then I went to this so 
to wrap this up, because come on, Nick, um, I went to the voice lesson yesterday and he was just he said to me because I was talking about all these, you know, uh, I don't know what I want to do with my career anymore because I got to be honest with you. All the things I think I want, I don't really want to do all the things it takes to get that. You know, like sometimes I watch Succession. I'm like, I should do a show like Succession. Do you know what that takes? Do you know how hard it is? First of all, you have to pitch a show to like eight networks. And when you go pitch a show, which is one of the most annoying processes ever, you have to go sit on Zoom with a bunch of executives and then pitch a show. And then they have to ask questions afterwards. And not only do you have to pitch the show, you have to practice pitching the show before the show. So for every meeting you have to pitch it, you have to practice and pitch it to fake people with the people that you're pitching with. And then you go in and pitch. It's it's, I know this doesn't sound that bad. It's the thing I hate more than anything in the world. And I've pitched, you know, hundreds, I've been maybe dozens of pitch meetings in my life. And, um, and then you have to write it and then you have to deal with the network giving you notes and then you got to rewrite it and you got to take out stuff you really loved because the network doesn't feel like that's really what they want. So few people have a Louis CK 2015 deal where you get to do whatever you want and the network doesn't bother you. That literally has never happened. So anything that you think you're going to make ends up being bastardized and uh, with uh, tons of other voices, then you got to s- go make it and you got to sit in a trailer all day. And it's like, uh, I realize that, um, you know, I've talked about this before. I'm someone who always wants things that I like that. I, I just want the thing. I don't want to do the work that gets to it. And I also want things that I actually don't want. I just want to be someone who would want them. You know, like I want, I wish I, I, I really wish I threw dinner parties and that I cooked. Mm. Yes. Same. But I don't like any of the things that that entails. You don't don't care about cooking. You don't want to talk to the people when they get there. I don't want to hug them no. when they walk in the door. You don't even want I to want eat them the food. to leave when I'm ready for them to leave. I don't want them to. I don't. Nikki knows how to set up a good hang. Yeah, so you are I good love at hangs. I love setting up hangs. I love ordering from places to like everyone eat. Like I love putting together a Postmates order. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. what when we were in Palm Springs together on the girls' trip, one of the highlight meals was like all the stuff you picked from Whole Foods like all the sushi and stuff and you and Sarah Lena set it up together. Yes. And Sarah Lena set the plates because she made it look nice. I would have just had us eating out of the things, but like, I wish I looked at Sarah Lena doing that and I was like, I wish I was good at that. (laughs) It's like, but I'm not. Why do I want to be good at? Why do I? I don't like doing that. She likes doing you it. You gotta so, love the process. Whatever. You, there there yes. are things you love doing and you do them and you do them over and over again. And you have to not look at the outcome. You have to look at, at the doing it which is like you life. You enjoy the process. The doing it is what you brings you joy. Like you but love getting so, on stage and doing stand up. That's why you do it over yes. and over and over again. Yes. I like writing jokes. I like coming up with funny ways to present, to synthesize a bigger idea. I like to make it in a like small little package. I like getting those laughs. Yes, yes, I you enjoy like that. that process. But there's so many things I want in life where I don't enjoy any of the process and I keep hitting these walls of like I want this but then I think about and I'm like what if I started from a place of and I shared this on the girls chat because Michael Rocchio my teacher helped me get to it what if you focus on the things that you actually like doing like what interests you like not things that can make you money that you like doing what do you like what do you enjoy doing now and also what um what brings you joy and then also what are you good at Like, what are you just naturally inclined to do? 
make a list of both of those things. See if any of them overlap because quite often they do. We like doing things we're good at. We are good at things that we like doing because there's we're not judging it as much because you're enjoying it. So it's enjoyable. And this you you're, you don't put pressure on yourself, so you're probably good at it uh, because putting pressure on yourself gets in the way of actual you know merit. Uh, I think a lot of times, and so you're probably good at the thing. And then do that. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I can't. I have to do administrative work for my job. I can't always just. Not everyone can do what they love. But I mean, f- even in your free time, like do just do things that make you happy and stop feeling bad about the things That's you the like. Purpose. Yes. Wait, what do you mean? I think that is what, like what you're saying, I think is what therapists um, say is purpose. Like find your purpose. Find the things that are not like money driven, just things that make you happy. And it could be anything. I just think it's the word purpose that, that, that catches me because it's like when you say purpose, it's like some grand thing when it's really is like, oh, just figure out what it is you want to do and do it because that's all that matters because nothing you do actually matters. But when you call it a purpose, it's like God has bestowed this meaning on you. Means that it's something you're giving to the world that you're trying to make the world a better, that you do make the world a better place, whether others enjoy what you do or, you know, you're not taking from the world. Yes. And... That is purpose. I hate like, t- he was, people who just consume. Yeah. If and you're just a I'm consumer. One of those people. Well, no, but you give back. But there are some people who just their whole mm. lives is just eating and doing and never, never do, never providing anything. And that's anything. why I say, why are those people, what gets those people out of bed in the morning? They're fucking ha- you, happy. Why? They're just happy. If they, Go into a Costa Rica and, and they don't create and, anything. They don't put anything out there. Like, how could your life be happy? I get mad because I see people whose lives to me look like shit and they're happy. And I'm like, why am I not happy when I am doing purpose driven work? What what is the disconnect? I wish and I think ignorance is bliss. I mean, some of those people just aren't intelligent. And that's like not yeah. that's not me being like, I'm so smart because I'm very lacking in intelligence. It's it's uh it's embarrassing sometimes how dumb I can be. Um, so that's not a, ju- it's just a fact. Some people are less intelligent. And so they just, maybe that's it. I just, um, I am trying. So then You're- anyway, my teacher said, no one gets out of this alive. Cause I was talking about how I think the real thing that prevents me from doing the things I really want to do is the judgment of others whether it's people in the Reddit thread about me. Like I, I know there is a subreddit that constantly critiques and goes over what is going on with me. They're good. There's going to be a whole fucking post about this episode for sure. She's suffering. She's doing like judgment. There's all of the, the and, and I, I also, as someone who critiques Taylor Swift's emotional state all the time and thinks I know things, like I feel really bad even contributing to that because it's just so shitty to have people talking about you behind your back and like worrying about you and like, and they don't even know you and, and fake worrying, like not really worrying, just being judgmental. Um, But I so often just worry what people are going to think about me all the time. And even John Mulaney's special where he said he you know so much of his special was about caring what other people think of him 
And it's such an ugly place to live from. And I just don't want to do it anymore. But at the same time, you if you live a life of not caring what anyone thinks, you're going to be a piece of shit. You know, like you're going to you're going to just do everything you want to do and not care about anyone else. So where where's the happy medium? Because my teacher really got into my head about like no one, anyone who could judge you is going to die someday. Their opinion doesn't matter. Every nothing. No opinion about you is anything more than just this thing that's going to not exist someday. So it doesn't matter. It's nothing's going to last. It's like your legacy will be you will not be remembered just like everyone else and everyone who has an opinion about you will be dead and that gives me comfort sometimes but I wish I was someone that didn't care what people thought and could just do what I want but I guess I care what I think you know I think that's what stops me is that I think some of the things that I enjoy doing are really lame and I look Mm. at it and I go god she is just so like what what's the cringe stuff you know like my ideal world would be like anytime I had a thought about Taylor Swift, I would make a TikTok about it and be like, and then this song really like I would do I would do a podcast about every song of hers and offer my analysis and critique on that it and how it emotionally like lights me up inside. And I would I would that's what I would do. Wait, why is that? But I don't do it because because I'm 39 <laughs> in one month. You're living That's a world where there's a lot of 39-year-olds doing that. When I was 39, that was not cool. But we live in a new world now where that is totally acceptable and and financially lucrative as well. Yeah. I also don't... Okay, I would maybe post more videos on Instagram, just like funny things. But I, I look... I that would require me to put on makeup to make myself look good enough for myself. You know, like I I don't like when I don't look good. And so that's do you know how much content I don't put out because I'm just not wearing a cute outfit or because I just don't my makeup isn't I, I look ugly that day. It's like innumerable the amount of stuff. I, I I can't even imagine the content I left on the floor because I just don't look good in a photo or I don't you know. And that makes me so sad because if I didn't, if I really didn't care what I thought about myself and what others thought about myself, I could do so much more. It's holding me back so much. So I want to do an experiment where I don't care what anyone thinks at all, ever. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also like, do I really want that? Because then I'd just be a complete piece of shit. Because me caring about what other people think is what makes me compassionate and care about others oftentimes. Mm. Well, I think there's a difference between operating from a place of fear and operating from a place of uh authenticity like you don't want to be not doing things because you're afraid of judgment you know you want but a lot of the things i would put out would be to get people to like me more so then if i don't care what people think the the content doesn't exist in the first place don't do anything from that place like think about How rick do you, rubin then i would lay in bed all day long and do nothing i like that rick rubin podcast you referred me to with barry weiss honestly because he talks about the thing i've always been afraid of by the way you guys were talking about like having a purpose my irape is mission like what is your mission and self-help books always talk about that (laughs) like and he said finally someone said this like it's not important for a songwriter to want to save the world or help the world i always thought every songwriter that's successful wants to save the world or help humanity he's like 
No. What? Really? Yeah. I, I always, because I always say that in interviews. They're like, the reason I do this is I just want to connect with people and help people. That's why I do this. And I'm like, That's I what they don't. say. That just inflates their narcissistic Well, why do you ego. do it? Well, I do it because of what Rick Rubin hit on it. He was like, you should be doing these things for yourself because you enjoy it. And it's like a bonus. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what he said, but I think that was it because I felt so much relief. I was like, okay, good. I'm not a piece of shit. (laughs) No, you're not because any, you're right, Brian. Anyone that says that is kind of lying. And and if they do get off on the idea of helping other people, they're still doing it for themselves to feel good. Nobody's doing anything. It gives them joy. Nobody's doing anything to help the world. (laughs) (laughs) about that no they're all doing it for themselves i agree ultimately otherwise they wouldn't yeah, be it makes doing you the feel process good to help the world yeah it yes. makes them feel good and they're like i'm helping the world and then the people who talk in their interviews the musicians who are like i just want my music to touch the people of africa or whatever the fuck they say they're lying they're they're just saying that because they don't want to say the truth which is like i like getting you know blow jobs and stuff that's what yes. they want to say i like getting blow jobs is what they want to say they don't want to help the people. Comedians who say they love to make people laugh. Yeah. Oh, give me get a fucking break. Go out of here. Yeah. Go go get. drive a bus off a bridge. Can I guess why Honestly, you guys do it? Because I don't know what you're going to say. Well, yes, you do. We've covered this many times. I think and John Mulaney said it literally what? in his special. Okay, I was going to guess that you guys do it because you're trying to make sense of the world. And you're processing it. It's no. like your therapy. Ah. No, oh, you need attention. No. We want people to like us. Yeah, we go. I need someone to look at me because when I was a when I was a little kid, people <laughs> I was either the youngest child or I was the middle child, and people didn't pay attention to me, or I got bullied, and I had to. Be, I was the oldest, but yeah, or whatever it is, they didn't pay attention whatever to you enough, was. and so the only thing you could do when you were a kid to make you to give yourself any self worth is to make people laugh. And that, and now you're just taking that and putting it on stage yeah. because you need that. I focus. would be a singer if I was good at sing. I tried everything till I got to stand up, and I go, "Oh, okay, I guess I'm good at this. I'll do this forever." Because I didn't have any other talent, but all I wanted was to perform and have people watch me and go, "Wow, she's good." And now I definitely feel amazing when I just met a, a fan, Talia. At Starbucks, and then I met another fan who was my barista, Lauren, at Starbucks this morning, and they were thanking me for being so brave and just saying what I what I wanted and not worrying what other people thought. And that is a huge benefit to the thing that I already do. You know, listen, I'm not sharing about my food, my eating at night, which is humiliating to me and a shameful thing I do. I'm doing that not to... That doesn't make me feel better, to be honest with you. That wasn't performative. I feel kind of sick to my stomach um, from even sharing that because I know people are going to talk about it and and worry about me. And, uh, you know, not everyone, but I think that some people will. And that really grosses me out. And like the whole pity thing, like, oh, she's struggling. She thinks about suicide. I do it because I... I really do think that there are people out there that struggle with that, like me in the past, that have never heard someone who they might look up to who has the same thing. And that is why I do it. I do do it, but I do it for little Nikki, who used to feel like no one else struggled with the thing she struggles with. So it ultimately is a selfish thing 
because I used to be that and think I'm alone. No one else has this fucking thing. So I do do it for other people because I don't want anyone to ever feel alone like that. Um, but I also do it because I get really good positive feedback from people who say that I do help them and that makes me feel good. So ultimately it is a selfish endeavor. Final thought. I'm I'm interested in piece of shit, Nikki. I think there should be a <laughs> safe space where people can go and just be a piece of shit for like an hour. Where you can go, there's like a person at, you know, you can go into a fake like restaurant and be a piece of shit to the purse to the waitress or whatever <laughs> you can say give me a fucking water and then you can go uh talk to your uh, a doctor or whatever and be yes. a piece of shit to them and then you could i i think it would be a worthwhile <laughs> venture to start a piece of shit safe space it's called a roast okay <laughs> that's why you guys are <laughs> comics honestly that's that called is reno so nevada called <laughs> <laughs> it's called being in your car and having road rage. <laughs> Yesterday, I had so much road rage. Wait, do you guys hear this? I'm going to play the voice memo I left. I had just gotten done sending a m message about like, you know what? I'm just going to live like, you know, I don't care what anyone else thinks. Like, life is short. And then this is what happened. Oh. <laughs> okay, this is fucking insane. This really happened. I was driving down the highway recording this. Don't worry. I just hit a button and then I leave it. It's like I'm holding it up to my face. I'm not texting. And I was on the highway and I took, I was trying to get off an exit and this person wouldn't let me over. Seeing me, knowing that if I can't go right in front of them, I'm going to miss the exit and have to go to the next one when I want to get off of this one. And they purposely sped up so that I didn't go. Oh, and this is what happened. This is what I do. So, God, just let me over, you piece of shit. Wait, fuck, why did it keep going? God, everyone's just so cut in this town. I feel so much better now. I probably won't eat tonight. Okay, so I left my, I honked my horn for, that was probably seven seconds long, like, or maybe four seconds long. It felt so good to let that person know that they're a piece of shit. Man, that felt good. I want to do it again. But I just wanted to go around town honking at people yeah. and driving into things. I was so upset. Um, but, the other day I had, so I don't have road rage, but I just wanted to like, you know, like I was just like a little bit angry and I wanted to honk at someone. And I have never honked the horn of my RAV4. Uh-oh. And really? when I did, it was the lightest, stupidest oh, horn. You have a lame honk. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> At least you have a good horn. A yeah, it was. It's it's that a, was a it's satisfying a horn. It really was. It felt really good to do that, but it was just so ironic because I had just gotten done being like, and I don't know, I'm just feeling a lot better, and I just feel like I'm just not going to care what people think anymore. And then I was like, what the fuck? You can't fucking get it. Just it just completely. I love everyone in this town is so okay. It's so good to see someone try to get over and to purposely not let them over oh, when yeah. all you do is have to like, can everyone, let, I've stated this before in the podcast, when you're driving, and no offense to Matt, I've seen him do this too on the road. I see everyone who drives in a car with me do this. If someone makes a mistake next to you and needs to get over, they've forgotten something, just let them over. 
Yeah. Don't like get mad at them for a mistake they made. If, they, if they're changing lanes and they accidentally go in your lane, instead of like honking like crazy, just realize they made a mistake they corrected and they don't need to actually like they don't need to keep suffering on top of that. And you might say, Nikki, why did you honk at that person? Because they purposely saw me and they made it so I couldn't get over instead of what I have never once when I've been driving and someone accidentally like gets in my lane or kind of doesn't see me and pulls out too soon. I just slow down and let it happen. I don't like honk to let them know you just pulled out in front of me. They know they if it's on purpose. Yeah, I might honk. But if they act, we all know we accidentally you just don't look one of the ways and you kind of like risk your life sometimes and you go shit. I didn't even check it. I pulled out. They already know they did something wrong. Don't add to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, you what need if to, that person that makes sense. What if that person opened their window while you're honking at them and said, I'm sorry, I've just decided to be a piece of shit today. Would you accept it? I would laugh so hard and love that person so much. And I would say, well, you're doing great at it. I don't know if Portland um, is this way anymore, but when I was living there, it really is like Portlandy and everyone's just so fucking nice. And it's like, no, you know, go, you go. It's like a pedestrian walking oh, yeah. across a fucking highway. And you're like, why are you stopping on a four-lane road to let this random oh. pedestrian? And they're like, because I'm nice. Go ahead. It's like, no, you're going to kill Can't this person. It. There's the opposite is true, too. Like, too many nice people driving. When I'm trying to jaywalk, and not in, like, a dangerous way, I'm waiting for, like, the tr- and someone just stops in the yes. middle of the road to let me go. I'm go. this isn't a crosswalk. I'm doing the illegal thing. Don't you slow down for me. And then I have to like kind of do that run in front of it's their car and like bring my gate to a run. And I don't want any yes. of it. It's just like, just keep everyone follow the rules. And if someone makes a mistake, just l- let them make a mistake and don't comment on it. Like we all, it, the only person that can ever honk at someone for making a mistake is someone who never makes mistakes. And if you're that kind of driver where you've never once pulled out accidentally too soon or you've accidentally ch- changed lanes and you didn't see someone in your periphery and they they and you almost hit them, just everyone's done it. So when someone does it to you, just slow down. Let them change the lane right in front of you where they almost hit you. You saw them. Thank God you get to slow down. Just let them in and don't. Turn it into a whole thing where you are so put out. And I'm talking to men, mm. men drivers. There are there are times down there are, about other people. There are times worthy of a honk. Like if someone is fast and furious speeding and they cut you off, that's worthy of a honk. If somebody dr- no, they're gone before they even hear it. Yeah, I know, but you, you got those people that are going men like men are having relationships with everyone on the road. I don't understand. Yes, it's like, that guy hates me. Fuck you. I hate you too. <laughs> that lady yeah, hates they me. They don't hate you. They, they just accidentally you. changed lanes without looking, and they are stupid. But you like some. Sometimes they. I'll be with a guy, and they'll speed up to like make it more confusing for them. And it's like, yes. just let stupid people be stupid and kind of navigate around them because you're smart and you don't need to like lay on to it. If that makes sense. You know what I hate but when someone's, someone's being k. Let them know when someone's behind me. We're in like traffic on the highway, and someone's behind me, mm-hmm. and they think I'm going too slow. And then they they go out of their way to go into the next lane and then get in front of me. And, oh, then, and then they're just in yeah. front of me also slow because it's traffic. And so I go, oh, great. You're up there now in front of me. And so what oh, I usually yeah. do is I try to get back in front of them. And then this is the whole <laughs> oh war God, happens. No, this God. is what I'm saying. No. Just let it go. No, I can't let them go. It's I can't let them be in front of me. 
because they have insulted me. They think I'm a little boy. Right. And I have you ever had someone prove anything to you on the road? Have you ever, as a driver, had made a mistake and then gone, oh, wow, that guy really set me straight and I'm going to lead a different life and I'm going to go home and I'm not going to beat my kids. I am going to feed my dog. Like, nothing. If I honk long enough. to anything good. I believe if I honk long enough and loud enough, I am saving children. Oh my God. Yes. Well, I do believe me honking yesterday at that guy. It was funny to me because it just went on way longer than it needed to. So there was no (laughs) way it didn't just make them kind of go, like, get confused. What was that, Noah? I said it gave us a great voicemail. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, and I didn't even get to Fanthrax. What the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, Well, we have Fanthrax to get to. We're going to save it for next week. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, We'll see you in Europe next week. Very exciting. Thank you for listening. Don't be cut. And just let the person change lanes in front of you and don't honk them. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.